Oh, hey, everybody. It is Sweets, Colin Sweets, by himself, although just for a moment. Selene's along in a minute. Uh, what uh, what kind of day has it been? <laughs> uh, yeah, since the, the hesitation in my tone. Uh, I'm not going to be so bold as to ask you to, to listen to a, a 25-year-old kid from Canada and his his lamentations or his dissatisfactions. Uh, and of the six of you that are so kind as to listen to this podcast, and I love you, uh, I gather we share at least a base of fundamental ideals. So it would probably just be pandering anyway. What, what I do want to say, uh, and, and the real reason I'm popping on here before this week's podcast, is to clarify up front that we recorded this episode uh, last night, which was during the the earliest poll closures. Uh, and when we started the show, I turned off the TV where I was I was watching the news. I turned it off. Uh, and at that point, it was it was faring in a certain way. Uh, and when I turned the TV back on a couple hours later, it was still faring in that way. and and as we know, uh, so it concluded. Even with that in mind, uh, you're going to notice in our tone, uh, as we as we kind of briefly refer to the election throughout the podcast, um, it, of course the outcome was unknown at the time, but you can sense in our tone that it's very clear, I didn't think it was going to turn out the way it did. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for Slaney, because he's not here. But uh, I think he and I were probably on the same page uh, in that, yes, it was stated that a, a certain outcome was, of course, a possibility, because look where we had come. But I don't think a lot of people actually authentically had considered what what that meant. And that's what's troubling. It's not who gets to sit in the back of the limo or in the, the round room, but the, the majority of both conviction and apathy that that person apparently represents. So... That's what we have to kind of consider. <laughs> I said I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna pontificate. Uh, I, I should shut up. I will shut up. I promise. Uh, I just wanted to explain why it came up on a Canadian podcast about television that six people listen to. Uh, one of the shows that we talked about in this week's podcast is The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Classic show, lovely show. And though you should never trust Will Smith, <laughs> it's a great show. And of course, we have to cover it on the podcast. Now, there's a moment in that series. Uh, and Slaney knows it better than I do. He had Facebooked this little YouTube video from the Fresh Prince, uh, a moment which uh, I guess is referred to as the Hillary Show. So if you know Fresh Prince, you know about the Hillary Show. So that, of course, came up. Uh, it, it turns out, of course, it's not going to be the Hillary Show in the United States through 2020. But uh, it also has occurred to me now that it shouldn't be, because in spite of what the media has done with this disgrace of an election, the position of leader of the free world should not be synonymous with star of a reality show called the hillary show or anything else <laughs> which is why uh, the guy who got the job has of course some big shoes to fill some big expectations to meet and some powerful doubts to convert but hopefully people are willing to to convert if a miracle happens. Uh, I guess we will see. Um, as Slaney said, maybe some some really great art will come from it. That usually is the case when the president is disconnected from the people, which it seems is going to be the case. Now I'm going to let you get to the podcast. I've rambled on for too long. It's episode 22. We called it Fresh Crown. Enjoy. Tweet your thoughts at Show Show Podcast and never trust Will Smith. And action. Good morning, KFNS in Phoenix. This is Hillary of The Hillary Show. Be sure to watch us weekdays at 4. Hillary, the idea of these promos is to attract an audience and make the show sound interesting. So give it a little gusto. You know, give it that Hillary pizzazz. Okay. Yeah, Hillary, you know, you can try a little something like this. Good morning, KFNS in Phoenix. Something in between what you did and, and whatever was it he just did. Spoiler alert! This show show explores television content that's been available for consumption for quite some time. If a spoiler or two slips into the conversation, well, you were warned. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. That was a limerick. The, uh, the ones I was seeing were all limericks. Oh, I only put up time. one limerick. Wasn't there another one about 
It was very like once, once there was a man from Nantucket, but it. Yeah, that that's a limerick. That was the. Yeah, I know, but it, I'm saying like this other one that you posted reminded me of a limerick, much like. Let's go through some of the highlights. <laughs> All right. This is uh, this podcast is coming out 24 hours after they know who the next president elect is, so some of these will be irrelevant. But uh, unified and equalized, so says the Bill of Rights, lifelong public servants and game show hosts alike. I decided I would only I would only tweet in in rhyme mm. for the election coverage. Yeah, the one you're talking about is probably the most popular one so far. It says there once was a big orange laddie whose campaigning often got catty. He'd always bemoan of his minuscule loan of a million dollars from his daddy. That's yeah. the. This is a good one. It's, it's powerful. The fa- it's the favorited one. That's yeah. That's my uh, that's my Maya Angelou talking. Did you did you not like my post about? Uh, it being the Hillary show for the next bunch of Oh, years. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. I, a, thought, I thought that was great. And it was kind of a tie-in to the show. Man, there's so many strange tie-ins to the show show. Really? Well, because we wanted to talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. We ended last week's podcast saying that we were going to get to the bottom of our own sign-off. Why don't you trust Will Smith? Which I don't think I did. I looked into it a little bit. Did you? It's got to do with some stuff that Jada Pinkett Smith said to a magazine when she was giving an interview one time about how uh, she trusts Will and just... just <laughs> so be- she trusts Will Smith. Yeah, just because he's attracted to other people doesn't mean he doesn't love her and he's a grown man and I'm not his mother and he, oh. he's free to do what he wants. And wow. It was just very... It was very open sounding. It sounds like the wives, the wives of some like... You know, sometimes you hear in like movies and stuff when it's professional athletes. They're like, yeah. oh, you know, you can't be in charge of them forever. And <laughs> yeah, they've kind of like resigned themselves. They've totally resigned themselves to be like, whatever happens on the road happens. But like. But is Jada Pinkett Smith likely to find somebody as fantastic as Will Smith? Maybe that's not fair of me because he's like, he's not amazing. I don't even trust yeah, the guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. For, <laughs> I mean, I I don't know who else. Michael B. Jordan's probably available. Yeah, but is he gonna go slam in Jada Pinkett? We can have Jada. Who's gonna say you can have Willow? That shouldn't. I don't want to go there. <laughs> Jada Pinkett Jordan. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's who she would become. The other tie-in is that Will Smith's dad died today. Oh, what? Isn't that crazy? Oh. Because we plan to do this anyway. I'm sorry. I trust Will Smith now. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> nope. I just feel bad. I don't know. Do you think that I haven't looked into this, but did Will Smith have as embattled a relationship with his father as he famously did on Fresh Prince? No, I don't think. Really? I don't think. No, the show wasn't like uh, written about his life. Well, I think it was supposed to be semi-autobiographical. No, I think I think they wanted Will Smith to play the like. I think the the character was written, the scripts were done, and they wanted Will to play the character. But I don't think he well, made, he was like four he was like how old when he started? Fifteen, sixteen? I mean the character was fifteen, sixteen. I think he was probably eighteen or nineteen right. in those episodes. But it seemed to me that uh the network, whoever it was, called up Will and they said, We want to do a sitcom about you, around you. I don't think they just wrote a show and they're like, Well, let's just see if we can get Will Smith. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he was already the the Fresh Prince. I don't think you wrote the show. Can we have a Google break? Like, I really want to know this now. He didn't write the show. No, I know. But I mean, did he really have that much involvement in the... Well, I, I read about some of it today about how they, uh, they, they had an idea for a show. And I think the idea was we get Will Smith. We get the Fresh Prince, as he's better known back then. That's the thing, is he had been a rapper under the pseudonym Fresh Prince for a long time. Huh. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So was he a rap star in tandem with becoming the? He was the Fresh Prince first with Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Right. For how long before, or was it like just coming on? Or For was like he two already, years. He's already a superstar. Yeah, he was already pretty oh, famous. Oh, okay. Yeah, and this was like supposed to supplement his fame. That's getting, interesting. Getting a sitcom. Because my friend always tells me, like. I just wonder how much of a rapper he is because do you know who wrote Getting Jiggy With It? No. Nas. Oh, no way. <laughs> Nas wrote Getting Jiggy With It. I think this might have been, and this is naive of me, but I think this might have been before there was such a code about writing your own material in hip hop music. 
Like, it was early days for hip-hop. Yeah, I guess so. But, like, you don't hear about any other rappers. I mean, nowadays you do a little bit, but there's not that many rappers, original rappers, where you're like, oh, yeah, they all had ghostwriters. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. Was Nas his ghostwriter? Because I think Will Smith has definitely written raps. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. So he must have. He was a pop star at yeah. the time. Him and, and, and Jeff, who, by the way, appears in the theme song video. Yeah. Did you watch the Did you watch the pilot today? I no, I've watched the pilot so many times that I know it. I don't. I don't know the show as well as a lot of people. Like it's not oh, one really? of those shows that's like it's dear the one to that, me. That ends with him playing like the classical piano. Yeah, Furelise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then then Uncle Phil's like, "Hang on, there's more to this." Yeah, kid. Uncle Phil's kind of peering around the corner as if to say, "Wait a second, hmm, there's another level to young William." Yeah. Kids uh, in West Philadelphia can be smart. Is the theme song video longer in the pilot? So long. It's yeah. the full song. Yeah. I then I bleeded with her day after day, but she packed my bags and she sent me on my way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh... it's, it's, sometimes they play that version like downtown. Like, okay. They'll throw on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. And I'm so happy when it gets to the intricate parts because everyone else you know just them. kind of like shuts up and yeah. I <laughs> do the whole thing. So this is a really special show to you. Yeah. I love this show. Okay. Yeah. And- I, even Jen tonight said, I don't really like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I was like, what the hell, man? Don't tell people that. Yeah, no, and it's a thing you have to be careful with. I was more of a Boy Meets World kind of fella. Sure. But <laughs> kind of fella. <laughs> kind of fellow. Kind of whippersnapper. <laughs> I I know it's... I'll, I'll, I'll stick with Jen. I know that it's kind of um, a cultural institution, mm-hmm. but that theme song is the worst fucking song I've ever heard. Yeah. I hate that song. <laughs> and wow. I hate the way he... I, the, I hate his cadence in it. The, uh, 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 it's all this like really fake. Yeah. And what's, I mean, it he, wouldn't be a weird way to rap. Like, I woke up this morning and I went down and I got up there and I don't want to do It's exactly like that. Yeah. And it's, it's not unlike the way he acts in the first episode too, <laughs> right. which is very phony and over the top. Yes. I guess he was criticized for a, a little while about being such a bad actor. Really? Such that the network was like concerned and then he kind of shaped up. Yeah. Like what happened? Did he, it seemed like he went through some sort of like improv training. Maybe. I'm sorry. I said, I listened to the first or the most recent episode and the amount of times that I said, like it, it was 30 times within about five minutes. I'm trying. Are you I'm sure? actively. I swear to God. Yeah. I'm actively making a point. This podcast, just as a self improvement uh, aside. Okay. To stop saying like. I'll always support you working on you. Thank you. But for the record, I don't think anyone else is noticing that. Uh, You're going to be most critical of yourself. We all have crutches. Sure. And we all say like. Like anybody who is. I just did it. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's giving you a hard time for that. But that's not even it. I found it hard to listen to myself. Do you think it was because of the likes or are you just blaming it on the likes? Because a lot of people don't like listening to themselves. I don't know. I'm really not sure. I just... No, I think it's because of the likes. How do you feel about the sound of your voice? Uh, It annoys me too. Really? Yeah. That's how most people feel. Right. It's gotten... I mean, I used to feel that way, but it's gotten to the point now where I've heard my voice so much Mm -hmm. because I'm a narcissist. Sure. (laughs) That it sounds the same in my head. I don't really hear a difference anymore. Right. But you also, yeah, and I'm getting, I'm getting to that point where I just know, like, when I yell something, I say, uh, <laughs> why did my voice sound like that when I just yelled it? Well, and you do radio commercials. You hear your voice all the time. Sure, yeah. And I'm getting more used to it. But as I said to someone in, in the workspace the other day, I feel like I've graduated from boy to guy and the graduation from guy to man is going to be a long time away. Tell me what this guy uh, middle part is. This I just think purgatory it's of like, manhood. Like if someone called me a man, or if I was like, I'm a man, I just start laughing at myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't really consider myself an adult yet either. Right. I don't. I don't think most people do. Okay, that's good. Maybe it's a healthy outlook. Isn't that, isn't that true? Most people don't really move beyond feeling like they're in their twenties. Yeah, that's what people say. I mean, we're still in our 20s, so it's hard for us to know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice. I can't decide if that's a beautiful thing or a sad thing. I think it's kind of a sad thing if you don't learn more than feeling like you're in your 20s. I think yeah. if you feel physically like you're in your 20s, then that's great. But if you're trying to, if you walk into a crowd of 20 year olds when you're 40 and you feel like you're 20, 
Yeah, you can't be a, a Wooderson about it. Yeah. You can't you can't That's have that attitude. But But I mean, even Wooderson, people thought Wooderson was cool. I'd be okay with maybe being I But don't know, he wasn't. I don't think I would be Right? Yeah. I mean, like people thought but, he was cool in the circles he hung in. Right. But he wasn't cool. He was sad That's and he was true. just getting sadder. Yeah. I just watched a movie about this very thing. <laughs> That's a, a really funny um take on that line that he says. <laughs> the this is why i like high school girls line yes yeah <laughs> because you just change it to and he just keeps getting sadder <laughs> well uh, he's just he's justifying yeah, he's justifying right. why it's okay to feel this way you're right i just watched this movie on netflix called the spectacular now okay it's like a feelings movie okay uh with miles teller and shailene woodley and brie larson and bob odenkirk had a cameo oh. and kyle chandler played the the dad in it. Anyway, it's about the last few weeks before high school graduation. And Miles Teller is this kind of like Bullerian type character who sure. everybody loves and he loves everybody. And he's started to date the kind of nerdy girl okay. who sees him for a human and not just a fuck boy. <laughs> um, and he's kind of struggling with who, what, what identity will I have when, when high school ends? Um, and so I thought that was kind of that spectacular. Point, now I remember point. hearing about that. It was like an indie movie. It's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Where Where was I going when we were Fresh when we Prince? Were talking Fresh Prince. His cadence. His ridiculous. Yeah. His ridiculous rapping. Rap. His acting. Oh, he must have gotten into improv or something because yeah. he, he gets a very, very like ah damn it said like he gets very um like body. He's very, very aware of what yep. his body and like facial expressions are doing. I think you're right. Well, and then nobody would contest now that Will Smith is a good actor as a middle-aged no, man. No, and a serious actor. Absolutely. Yeah. It's actually kind of strange to go back and look at him in this campy role. Right. He's which now so is goofy. iconic, but it's so silly and ridiculous. Yeah. Um, going back to the Hillary thing, is that like an iconic moment in Fresh Prince? Lore? I, I don't know that it's an iconic thing, but I definitely thought about it this morning. I just was thinking Hillary Clinton and Phoenix, boom, Phoenix. This is the Hillary <laughs> show. Phoenix. Boom. I'll so. tack the audio from that at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, you should. I will do that. That'd I will try great. to do that. I uh, wonder how Will Smith voted today. I, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't trust it. Yeah. <laughs> I think he seems like the type of guy that would, that would go Hillary. I was watching Colbert interview Vigo Mortensen the other day and he said he's voting Jill Stein. And oh that, really? That was like kind of tense because Colbert's very smart politically, and he—I mean, he's—he's he's probably voting for Hillary. All the right. all the 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 comedians and pop culture figures who are on regularly seem to be getting away with not having to say out loud that they're obviously voting for Hillary. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he he challenged him on it a little bit, but then you know, if you're if you're if you're voting for Jill Stein or what's the other fellow's name? Um, the guy who, who couldn't tell us what Aleppo was, that guy. Um, if you're voting for one of those people, you obviously have thought it through. You're not being hasty about it, right? No. I, I don't really get it, but at least you have a, a, a foundation. Sure. We had that conversation last week. Yeah. About, is it a throwaway vote? We think it is, but maybe it means mm -hmm. something. Maybe it means more because Vigo Mortensen said it in front of a huge crowd. Well, that's probably why he did it. Yeah. And he is the king of Gondor. That's true. Gondor? Is that no, it's not Gondor. Yeah. He, he rode an eagle for Yeah, he's yeah. A long time. He returned. He's Captain Fantastic. Have you seen that movie yet? No, I wanna see that. It looks good. Yeah, it does. I, I haven't checked it out. I heard it was I heard it was really good. Have you seen The Lobster? No. Have you heard about this movie? Yes. I don't know anything about it. I just know that it's supposed to be kind of a revelation. Yeah. What yeah, I think it's Colin Farrell, like, ah, waking oh, up and being a lobster or something. It is Colin Farrell, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Seems kind of, seems kind of like it's supposed to be a surreal type Spe of movie. Speaking of Colin Farrell, what do you think about them adding Johnny Depp to the Fantastic Beasts saga? Oh, is he going to be in the next movie? Yeah, so Colin Farrell's in this current one. We mm -hmm. don't really know much about his character. Right. Uh, Did you read that book, by the way? I mean, I have it. It's not. A, it's not a story. It's like oh, it's 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 a textbook a guide. Okay. Yeah, it's gotcha. like so. 
uh, Newt Scamander is supposed to be this this like uh, historian of magical lore, and he specializes in magical creatures or fantastic right. beasts. And so um, he wrote the the literal textbook that you would use to study these magical creatures in Hogwarts. And this is the story of how he gained such an expertise oh. 70 years before the times of Harry Potter. Interesting. So we don't know who Colin Farrell is playing really, um, but it was announced that in part two, Johnny Depp's going to be in it. And the suspicion is that he's going to play Grindelwald, which was Dumbledore's uh, arch nemesis. Oh, and there's this whole backstory for Dumbledore where... Uh, he used to be in love with Grindelwald, and then in 1945 they uh, got in a duel, wherein Dumbledore um, won the Elder Wand, which was one of the Deathly Hollows. Right. So we think that these Fantastic Beasts movies are building towards us getting to see that duel. So it would be interesting if, though Colin Farrell's character has a name on IMDb it turned out down the road that he was actually playing Dumbledore and we got to right. see him battle Johnny Depp. That would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That would be badass. Yeah. Funny that they chose Colin Farrell. Is it? I think so. Why? He just hasn't really been, you know, in the limelight. That's true. That much lately. That's he true. was in true detective second season, which bombed, which bombed. Yeah. So why, in my mind, I'm just thinking, why would you choose him again? Well, why did Mel Gibson pick Vince Vaughn for Hacksaw Ridge, which might win an Academy Award? Right. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, Vince Vaughn's the other guy in that movie. Really? Yeah, it's Andrew Garfield and Vince Vaughn. Oh. I want to see that movie, but it's turned out it's going to be just like The Revenant. Like, it's going to be the the big movie that is getting all these this amazing praise that I can't see because it's apparently so gory. Right. I'd like to see it. Yeah. I hesitated there because of the Mel Gibson attachment but at the end of the day it seems like everybody wants to forgive him it's weird how people all decide at once (laughs) yeah and and even like when when they go on talk shows the the like jimmy kimmel will say i mean that guy's a little he's kind of out there but he makes good films like they justify it by saying that Interesting. And I guess that's true. Has he been on any talk shows? Yeah, he was on with Colbert and it was bizarre and he was (laughs) and he was weird. But uh Garfield and Vince Vaughn have been on some stuff and they're very charismatic cool uh and good in in that kind of forum and they speak highly of him yeah which i think you kind of have to so there's that and then the other one for the oscars i mean i think you kind of have to when you're just in a movie that's getting good praise oh yeah no you clearly he did an okay job can't mouth off about the movie that you also want to to be successful right yeah and you also can't you can't perpetuate this notion that he's a bigot in case people decide for that reason they're not going to go to your movie right so there's that in the Academy Awards, and the other one people are talking about is La La Land. Did we talk about that already? No. It's uh, it's kind of like a send-up of old Hollywood uh, musicals, the Fred Astaire, oh, Ginger Rogers yeah. type okay, musicals. Okay, I didn't know. Who's in this one? Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. Yeah. She's, like she's like a starlet who comes to Los Angeles with big stars in her eyes and dreams mm-hmm. of being a, an actress, and he's just a, a, a lowly bar piano player, and they fall in love. And it's apparently uh, spectacular. Uh, and beautiful and it's Damien Chazelle it's his second movie after Whiplash right that was where I learned about him from I think you might have told me originally I only have so many tidbits that's the risk of this podcast I don't know though because I felt like I was hearing this again for the first time okay great La La Land maybe I heard it from another podcast yeah maybe uh well we're all over the map already i know sorry (laughs) no that's okay fresh prince um the pilot was it was kind of interesting like they set the tone pretty nicely i kind of got the sense but again it's a show that i've very seldom seen full episodes of right at the time you must have really thought carlton was just supposed to be the black alex p keaton and that was well except alex p keaton was quite i mean he wasn't cool but he was he had more confidence than than Carlton. Like Carlton is like putting on a front, right? Oh, and okay. Alex P. Keaton knows who the fuck he is, right? See, Carlton's front becomes so naturalized yeah. throughout the rest of the episodes that that's just him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that character really develops throughout the rest of the show. Yeah. Be- and I know what you mean. In the first episode, now, yeah, he's very unsure of himself. 
I think so. Well, and like, isn't that how he comes to bond with Will and that Will like helps him to be more confident in himself and cooler and like... I think so. I think especially in the in the early years and then Carlton kind of starts to feel secure in his nerdiness and sure. his love of Tom Jones and his nerdy <laughs> dancing and stuff. The dancing is apparently a parody of Courtney Cox's dancing in the Dancing in the Dark video. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I read about that today. I found it interesting, especially in the pilot, and I don't know how, how much this carries on because I know... Well, first of all, let me ask you, is the is the Will and Uncle Phil relationship always kind of polar? Like, are they always kind of like at odds, not really understanding each other? Or do they it's, grow to... It's I mean, kind obviously, of, I'll put it this way. It's kind of a, a Gilligan to the Skipper relationship. Okay. There's a love there. Of course. But there's also, you know, Gilligan kind of trying to get on the Skipper's nerves. Or maybe not even trying, but just does. Just does it. Yeah. I found it interesting in the in the first episode the whole the whole relationship between Will and Phil and Aunt Viv mm-hmm. is Aunt Viv giving Will the benefit of the doubt whereas Uncle Phil finds everything he does outrageous and um, irritating. Right. And then and, it's so well known that the actress who played Aunt Viv and Will Smith don't like each other. Right. And the whole um everything in the first episode is way more exaggerated. Yeah, just, they really make it noticeable, and then throughout the rest of the, especially later on in the series, you start to know that, you know, there's scenes of like Will c- crying, and Phil. There's a super emotional scene where Will's has the, a huge, the why the why doesn't he want me? Scene? Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's like a famous super moment. Well known. Yeah. yeah, which I didn't really know until YouTube existed, and I thought, oh, everyone had this thought too. Yeah. That's kind of the go-to moment in a comedy that'll actually like break you down. Right. When you knew that Will Smith was going to win an Emmy or an Oscar at some point. Uh, well, that's why I asked, did he have a hard relationship with his actual father? Maybe right. he did, maybe he didn't. Maybe he's just a great actor. M- maybe maybe that's it. Was, it. was it jarring when Aunt Viv gets replaced mid-series? I don't remember that at all. Yeah, so you're just kind of used to it now? I was, I was kind of just remembering... I like that Viv more. Yeah. Like, I like the second Viv. Does everybody like the second Viv more? Because Will does. I don't even know. I have a list of uh, instances in TV shows where actors have been replaced by other actors. Mm. So, uh, Family Guy replaced Meg after the first season. So, it wasn't Mila Kunis the first it season? It wasn't. And if you go back and watch, like, the early, early episodes, the Meg's voice is very obviously a different person. Oh, wow. And Mila Kunis talked about that on Howard Stern, about how, like, Howard said, why would somebody quit that job? And she's like, honestly, I don't know. It's right. the, it's the easiest job ever. And they've even made the odd crack about it on Family Guy. Oh, okay. Oh, it's like, yeah, I can't imagine somebody leaving this job. Boy Meets World replaced <laughs> Morgan, the little sister. Right. Uh, this is a very famous one. Bewitched replaced... Uh, Darren, Major Darren, and that that's like a, uh, a big one too. Okay, um, that '70s show replaced Lori, the sister. Yeah, and and only very briefly, and then they brought back original Lori. Right, because Lori had some like trouble with drugs or something, and she? now she's dead. She's dead. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Rest in peace, Lori. Yeah, they 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 brought in like a much better looking Lori, although she wasn't as as charismatic she wasn't as good of an actress but the character of laurie never really mattered that much anyway no uh roseanne replaced oh uh, i know this one becky yeah the the oc replaced caitlin cooper do you did you watch the oc who is caitlin cooper that was that was misha barton's younger sister like in early episodes she's got a little sister who's like 12 and then two seasons later she's she's like 17 and smoking yeah um friends replaced carol after the first season, uh, and Sesame Street replaced Gordon, whatever that means. Sesame Street replaced Gordon. And got a new Gordon. Was he? He was a black guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking, like, was he an old man teacher? I don't know. Kind of character? I don't know. I don't remember a whole lot about right. Sesame Street. Neither do I. It's not a lot of it is stuck with I've, me. I felt too cool for Sesame Street way too early on. <laughs> because I hung out with some older kids. Really? That I'm not going to watch this. I don't watch Sesame Street baby anymore. Baby show. Yeah. Were there any kids shows that you kept watching like way too long? No. And and even shows that my other friends really enjoyed like Arthur and the Magic School Bus. Yeah. I felt 
too too ashamed to have that guilty pleasure. I watched Arthur until I was like 15 or 16 <laughs> years old. I, I, I could probably still put on Arthur and be like, this is all right. This is the best show. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah, should do it on an episode. We should do Arthur. We should do some classic some kids, kids shows. Yeah. That would be fun. That'd be all right. Yeah, because Sesame Street, in a way, is one of the great television institutions of all yeah. time. I'd be surprised if it wasn't on a list. I don't think it is on the Hollywood Reporter list. No. It probably should be. Yeah, or You're the right. Rolling Stone list. I haven't I haven't gotten to know the Rolling Stone list as well. Okay. But yeah, we should uh, throw something like that in there. I'm totally down. All right. All right, cool. That's a guilty pleasure for me. Man, I feel spaced out tonight. Do you? Yeah. because you didn't work today? Maybe that's it. I walked to the library today. I took like a big long walk, laptop in tow, and I did some writing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How'd that go? Kinda, Where yeah, did you sit in the library? Did you find a place to sit in the library is probably I lucked into a, one of those big wide green chairs nice. on the third floor, but cool. it, it was it was pretty packed. Is the third oh, floor this? the 15 or younger no that's, the, that's the second floor that's the second floor because <laughs> jen and i almost sat down there last week i have sat down there did you and then not realized until after having spent two hours there like this is and only no for... one spoke to you yeah no i saw these kids looking at us as we were about to take a seat and then i realized that there were signs everywhere yeah that said don't sit down unless you're 15 or younger. Well, that and like the, the urinals in the bathroom have stools next to them. Oh, I didn't pick <laughs> up on that. All this, there's all these like, like you said, signs kind Little of pointing hints. to you don't belong here. Right. But I, I did make that mistake and I felt mortified <laughs> for a short time. That's great. I do like going to that library though. I I just, there's best. just something about that library and it was named by some architecture authority recently to be like one of the top 10 most beautiful libraries in the world yeah i believe that um oh that's so cool though because like libraries can be pretty beautiful yeah you know um and there's something very very welcoming about that building that makes me want to be in it i love that it also doesn't have to be the most quiet library well that's gonna get shushed that is my one criticism of it though is that, that could no- be more quiet. noise kind of travels in it yeah and sometimes like a kid is shrieking and i just get distracted right or like there's some girl on skype and she's talking really yeah loudly. that's not okay no i don't think so i found that was the same with the university libraries oh really yeah you just always have people kind of talking even in the quiet areas although you'd get shushed yeah i don't i don't have a whole lot of memories of university libraries because <laughs> you were so wasted as you might imagine i was such a party boy back in those days. Mm-hmm. I was wasting my life. Oh, <laughs> I was doing I don't know something. About that. Uh, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say uh, there was some other show that I watched this week that I was kind of impressed with. Actually, you know what? Westworld's going deep. Oh, really? Yeah. There's, there's so s- many fan theories and stuff. I love it. I I heard some of those fan theories tonight. Okay. And it blew my mind. Really? Yeah. Do you want to share anything, or or should we reserve that for the sake of spoilers? Um. Let's like, reserve it. Like I just I know there's some stuff people trying to figure out who the man in black is and what he represents. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I heard that tonight and I wonder if I wish I didn't, so I don't want to Oh, interesting. Go deeper. Have you heard but about I- this new fan theory that uh The Walking Dead and Breaking Bad exist in the same universe? No. That um that Walter White's uh his his line of blue meth actually starts the zombie apocalypse. Oh. Yeah. And they're both AMC shows. And it's right. just one of those things that somebody forced. Totally forced. Yeah. yeah. And and that meth would have never been made if Don Draper didn't create the Coca-Cola song. <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. We got to cover that at some point. Yeah. I'm Mad down. Men. Yeah. Um, I feel like we were on to something talking about the... Uh... Talking about Uncle Phil and Aunt Viv? No. No, actually... Totally unrelated to uh, Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince, more just kind of movies and TV. Something I saw that I was gonna. Bring. Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about, or what you wanted to talk about. What you were giddy to talk about. <laughs> I don't know about giddy. You said I'm I'm giddy to talk about this. Did I use the word giddy? I can read you. A nah, text I believe you. Right I, now. I remember now. I said giddy. <laughs> okay. You know what though? Okay, so this is a YouTube video you sent me, which kind of analyzes and dissects 
a philosophy that David Foster Wallace had mm-hmm. um, in his literary prime. Who I became obsessed with for one day. When, <laughs> yesterday. Just yesterday? Yesterday, I just went all in on David Foster he's, Wallace. He's a fascinating person. Totally. Um, and I, did you see the end of the tour? Or? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it twice, actually. And you liked Be- it. Beautiful portrayal. Yeah. It's one of those things where Jesse Eisenberg makes you very uncomfortable because he plays a real, like, a real dick stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Jason Siegel was really awesome in it. I have, I'm one of those assholes who has infinite jest, but hasn't read it. Oh, you have it. Yeah. You can borrow it if you want. Sweet. I'm supposed to read it at the end. I, I'm supposed to read it with a few friends doing a, starting it, December 1st. Infinite book club. A little bit, but not because is more of a social pressure to get us to finish the book. I badly want to read it. Yeah. Like I, it's one, it's, it's very dense. And the sentences are sometimes like, like half a page long. Oh God. Like it's, it, it's very, I, I'm not going to lie to you. It's really hard to read. I've started it like 10 times. Really? I want to find an audiobook of it somewhere. Yeah. Cause like that's, they say that it has the same effect on your brain as reading. Sure. Uh, and that just kind of takes some of the pressure off. Yeah. Cause I'm also somebody who's, whose mind wanders, but mm-hmm. uh, what's your timeline? Are you giving yourselves like six months or? We're going to try to finish it in 50 days and basically do like 20 pages a day. Well, twenty pages a day is is in bad. That's that's okay, but right. it's an encyclopedic novel. It's like it's huge. Right? Do you know what it's about? Uh, isn't it about like a tennis club or something? Well, it's about a tennis club which is right next door to a mental institution. Oh, interesting. And so it's kind of about the contrast between the the different characters uh, along those two different places. But it's a it's a dystopic. Uh, futuristic story. Really? About a videotape that exists. Um. The, if you watch the video, it's the most entertaining thing you've ever seen. The problem with this is once you've seen it, you can never be entertained again. Right. You, it's the maxim, it's the maximized entertainment uh, facet you can receive. And so thus it spoils you for entertainment forever. Do you think thus that, you've been infinitely jested. Do you think that's a metaphor for heroin? No, it's a metaphor for the overstimulation of media. Right. And that was kind of uh, Foster Wallace's, uh, his, there is some, some debate about whether or not he struggled with drugs, right. but he insists that his main uh, addiction struggle in life was one to television. Really? Yeah. Television and movies. I saw a Charlie Rose interview, which I watched yesterday with him, and you could throw any movie at the guy and he was just on top well, of it, that and he though were. he was like so intellectual mm-hmm. he was not highbrow about the media he consumed no like he he loved junk right shit awful stuff yeah and and the interesting thing about that was he was saying he thought the whole postmodernist the whole postmodernist um satirical or uh sarcastic tone of shows like seinfeld and where there is no point yeah that was kind of a waste well the word was irony so the the use of irony in so many sitcoms that is really present in some of the great network sitcoms of the last decade slash two decades um and and irony is present in them but foster wallace's argument was that irony is is a useless uh poetic function it's a useless device because it doesn't offer any solutions right um and so I think I think that our listeners should watch the video. So I'll put the URL for the YouTube uh, in the in the info it's of, amazing. The, of this episode. It's it's just a 10-minute breakdown. The guy yeah. explains it very well, and he uses shows that you love. Yeah. Um, and so I, I found that to be very helpful. I, I watched it again this evening, uh, assuming that it would probably be brought up in this episode, and I, I wasn't really reminded of the thing I was reminded of yesterday when I watched it. Mm-hmm. So I no longer really know why i want to bring this up but i still think it's kind of an interesting storytelling yeah um device that i thought of when i watched this um it, there's there's a principle in aristotle's poetics which is on my coffee table in front of you which oh, yeah, there it is. is a uh it's a pamphlet that aristotle wrote which essentially breaks down all the rules of storytelling it's under like three issues of hustler though sweet yeah i know i still buy paper porn gross (laughs) paper porn (laughs) paper porn it's just it's a book that tells you uh, all the cans and can'ts of creating drama or comedy it's actually very very interesting and there's a principle he created which says uh probable impossibility is preferable to improbable possibility so i'll explain what that means in examples uh in Mm et 
The fact that E.T. wants to phone home is a probable impossibility. Right. As far as we know, there are no E.T.s. There are no aliens. It's impossible to us that there would be an alien in our living room. Right. But let's suspend disbelief for a second and Mm -hmm. suppose it was possible. If there was an alien here, it's very probable he would want to phone home. Right. There's one of the great movies of all time. So it's it's considering a natural reaction of something that might not necessarily right. it's exist. a you're allowed to do that shit because you're creating fiction yeah so who cares if it's impossible if in the case that it were possible this it's it's probable then you're you're utilizing this function perfectly right now how it's preferable to improbable possibility say you're watching uh gray's anatomy mm-hmm. and in gray's anatomy uh, a bomb went off at the hospital and Meredith is at home and she wants to know the status of the explosion. She turns on the TV at exactly the moment the news reporter starts talking about exactly the things right. she wants. It's possible that could happen. Right. But it's not likely. You're right. And so for that reason, uh, probable impossibility is better than uh, improbable possibility. It would be so great if in that episode she struggled for so long to figure out <laughs> what was going on by flipping through and being like, fuck, what channel is the news on? Oh, I, I really want to see like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia or even like Black Mirror do a, a joke based on that where somebody turns on the TV and they just yeah. have to wade through all kinds of shit before they yeah. see the thing that they want to see. Or they just miss the tail end of it and it goes right. to commercial. Well, that guy has another another video on rick and morty that i really want to watch and it's called rick and morty and the meaning of life exclusively on rick and morty yeah it'll probably make you want to watch rick and morty maybe that's what i need to show you to get into rick and morty i do want to get into rick and morty it it goes really deep it's apparently one of the most brilliant things happening Mm -hmm. so pete davidson loves it yeah pete davidson yeah i think he might actually be in a a new episode this year. oh really yeah they have a lot of guest stars. Like they've had John Oliver and. Um, well, he's probably buddies with Dan Herman from yep. the Community Days. Yeah, and they had Key and Michael Key, and. Um, These are not just big names; they're cool names. They're yeah, you know, like yeah. That's the thing. They don't they don't use, like every every guest star in it, was pretty cool. Yeah, like part of the 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 trendy ilk. Yeah, definitely. Joel McHale's got a book out right now. No way. It's called Thanks for the Money. <laughs> really? Yeah. Speaking of sarcastic, yes, he's he's a pretty notoriously sarcastic. He's guy. Almost, he almost overdoes sarcasm. Yeah, like when he's on talk shows or whatever. Yeah, he'll he'll say something that's so ridiculous, mm-hmm. but then he won't even wait for the laugh. Right, he'll just go, I mean, or I'm joking. Like he's like yeah. a, he's like your buddy who doesn't really know how to toe comedic timing. <laughs> like right. he's naturally funny, but he doesn't say the right things all the time. Yeah, he's on a new. He's got a new sitcom out as well. Yeah, it's a network show. I forget what it's called. It's like a CBS show, like how Will Arnett had a CBS show when clearly it would have been better for him to have just something else. Yeah. Yeah. Just like an HBO show or a Netflix show. It would be great if Joel McHale had a Netflix show. Is he still doing the soup? I don't know. I don't know the state of the soup. I don't <laughs> That's not a thing that Is like it hot. It's not a yeah. It's Heard. not it's not a thing that gets turned into memes or anything. No. Though you would think it would be. Yeah. He's not quite He's hitting a couple leagues under Daniel Tosh, I think. I was going to say, I saw a, a Tosh.0 meme the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Tosh. It used to be like the highest rated show on It was huge, network. and it was funny. Yeah. But I think I think then it just kind of, it kind of seems vanilla now, because yeah. everyone's willing to go there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was the first, and then everyone else went there. So the, the first show we wanted to cover is Fresh Prince. That's the classic. It's number 54 on the mm-hmm. Hollywood Reporter list. So would you um, watch more? I mean, probably. I would. I would passively keep it on. I'm it, surprised you haven't already. It's been on in repeats. Isn't it interesting how much I love television? All the stuff that I haven't seen. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of the big lesson of this podcast. And and also, I don't. I don't. Sometimes more. you just don't care. Sometimes it's too late. Sometimes if you didn't see it when you were 13, you'll never care. It's lost to lure. Yeah. The other show is another one about royalty, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the it's the one that I guess is kind of buzzworthy this week, which is The Crown. Yeah. Netflix's new original show, mm-hmm. which is among the most expensive television productions of all time. I believe it. I uh, didn't consider it at all. Th- well, totally there was a rumor it. going around that it was the most. 
uh, and that they had a budget of five million dollars per episode and you can really see that in some of the sets yeah uh very beautiful it's it's turned out not to be true and apparently the get down which is another netflix show that came out this year yeah that was a little bit more expensive really um and i have it written here somewhere what is again more expensive than that i have no interest in the get down by the way i watched the first episode me too i didn't care kind of painful yeah I i didn't really i didn't really get it all did you like the crown I like The Crown, yeah. It, it took a while to get into it. I thought it started off a bit slowly, which maybe it had to. Yeah. And as as you kept watching, things became a little bit more dramatic. You started kind of thinking, oh, no, this is exactly probably what happened yeah. in Queen Elizabeth's household. The only thing is, how much of Queen Elizabeth's life is really story-worthy? Like, yes. That's what I wonder. She's culturally relevant. I think, I think that's always the been reason around. they're making the show. But how, how much of her... Well, and also she's going to die soon, so let's do it now. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, not that she's sick or anything, but she's just so old. Super old. Um, I, I just don't know how much of her life is really conducive to a dramatic arc because there hasn't been that much strife. Like, I guess, I guess it's going to become that the main crux of the series is about is about her kind of iffy marriage. Yeah, I think Philip. that's always kind of been out there, and also her relationship. And I don't know if it'll move this deep, but her relationship with like Princess Diana. Well, that's that's the really dramatic part of her life, but that's been told through the Helen Mirren movie. That's oh, yeah. that's what the Queen was about, right. which was post death of Diana. Right, um, and that movie I did not see. But I, I mean, either. But I don't. I don't think they can go that far. I mean, she was. No, I don't she was think seventy so when that happened. I think they probably have to keep it within like a fifty year span, or maybe they'll just keep it around this age of her just becoming the. Well, the plan is to do sixty episodes. They want to do six years of this thing, wow. and they've already been greenlit for a second season. Okay, um, and it's getting very good reviews. I'll tell you who's getting amazing reviews is John Lithgow. Yeah. I I figured he would. He's good, man. He was really good in Dexter. Like before Dexter really jumped the shark. Yeah. They had a season where John Lithgow was a villain and he was absolutely out of his mind insane. He's a good actor. And I forgot through most of that episode that he's American. Yeah. I was like, okay, he's like really pulling off this iconic British character. And you don't think of, of him as, as like the Churchill type. Like he doesn't look like him until you see him in the big bulky jackets. No, you're right. And I would have thought of, uh, I would like who they got to play. Uh, who did they get him? Who did they get to play Philip? Churchill in the movie The King's Speech? Because I kept thinking about I the think King's it Speech. Was, I think it was Timothy Spall. Yeah, I think it was that guy. And that guy embodied what I would consider to be Winston Churchill. He had the frame. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Lithgow's, a t- he's clearly very made up to look heavier and more haunched over definitely and smaller and he just he, he really he really changed him so he kind of lost himself in that character yeah yeah he was great he had the line of the episode actually i wrote it down uh we're all dying that's what defines the condition of living mm. i was like holy shit that is the <laughs> line he got it that is the line that is good it's funny you mentioned the king speech because the very first time they show king george the sixth and he stutters i'm like Oh, you need to get Jeffrey Rush in here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is still happening? It still happens a bit. And I wondered if that did still happen more. Okay, a couple things I wondered. Did he continue to stutter afterwards, but could very much still speak in public without much of an issue? Or did it only happen when he got stressed? Because it seemed it was only when he got stressed. In, in, you in, saw the King's speech. Yes. Yeah, it was only when he was nervous, right? right. When he had to deliver a speech right. or... Because uh, he could talk to his wife or whatever. Or were they really just hammering at home to be like, hey, remember the King's speech? I I, I thought guy. of that too. Because yeah. they didn't make him stutter again in the episode. No, they. I think it happened twice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But it, was, it really seemed to me a little bit like, oh, just to ground you, this is who that guy is. Yeah. And it worked. It, no, absolutely. Because up until that moment, I was like, okay, if, if, if my memory serves i think he's the king who stutters and then he stuttered i was right. like hey and winston churchill seemed like his friend in the king's speech a True. little bit or someone who provided him guidance and True. maybe they became better friends throughout the next that's a hell of years. a movie and it's rewatchable like yeah i i think i first thought of it as kind of like a stuffy um not art house film but like one of those movies kind of like lincoln where they just make it for the grandeur of it right um but no it's like a good watch yeah it's got good moments in it it's yep. very charming jeffrey rush is awesome helen and bottom carter played his wife in yeah. it yeah 
In the grand scale of things, though, how small do you think that might have been in his life? The stutter? No, the, the, that particular speech. I, th- I don't... Well, it was his first address as King of England. Oh, okay. Right? Because right. that's, that's what happened in the movie. His brother... He wasn't in line for the throne. His brother abdicated. Right. And then he suddenly became king, and he was like, I can't do that. I'm, yeah. I have a stutter. Okay. And so he had to develop the confidence in speech so that his kingdom right. would believe in him. Yeah. I just stuttered a little bit. Mm. <laughs> I've stuttered a little bit in my day. King George seemed super likable in the show, though, didn't he? Yeah, and, and I don't know how much longer he lasts. I don't think he lives too no. much longer because no. I think he died in 52... And the first episode takes place over the course of maybe five years. Right. Because Charles f- is born. 47 when it first starts. Yeah. So, so I think he's probably about to croak. Yeah. And then there's that scene in the in the pilot where he takes Philip out hunting on the boat, duck hunting. Yeah. And he like gives him kind of the, the father-in-law pep talk. Basically like, yeah, you got to take care of her. Yeah. So, well, and yeah. So I guess. And do you, obviously the, the relationship becomes a little bit tenuous between philip and the queen because he really loved his job in the navy he has to kind of and well and, and and george even says listen this is your patriotic duty you have to you're gonna have to be the queen's husband yeah he's like you're not gonna like it as much as your work yeah but it's the most patriotic thing you could do i was watching it with becky and and she admits to having a very uh a very sparse understanding of how the royal hierarchy works yeah and i was trying to explain it to her to the best of my understanding and and she couldn't wrap her head around the fact that king george's wife is the queen Mm -hmm. but queen elizabeth's husband's just the prince and so i said well it's because the king is higher so if if the blood monarch was married to the king, it would imply that he was higher than her. So right. he has to stay a prince. And she's like, so they really do it based on a deck of cards? Right. <laughs> and I was like, well, I think the cards are probably based on them. But <laughs> Yeah, the actual royalty. <laughs> but uh, it's a good point. It is kind of interesting that, that it's stuck that yeah. way. Yeah, I can't say that I completely understand it either. No. But I would have come to the same conclusion that you did. And likely in our lifetime, we're in the last couple years of having a queen. Yeah. Right. She like she's in her nineties. I think she's ninety one or ninety two. Right. So when she when she's gone, they're gonna move on to Charles. But I'll only be for ten or twenty years. Yeah. And then William for a long time, and then mm-hmm. George probably. So Charles will be a king at that point. Yeah, he'll he'll be he'll be the king. We'll have wow. kings for the rest of our life. He'll be the king of England. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. Isn't that weird? Because it's been queens for so long. It's been queens for since nineteen fifty two. Wow. Right? She's the longest reigning monarch in British history, third of all time. Wow. Yeah. Third to who else? There are some, like, African and, and South American monarchs who were born king. Oh, okay. Like, because, gotcha. of, because of the way it was, they, they were born, and then they lived 70 or 80 years, and right. so it just it happened to be that way. Wow. I, I wish I could tell you, but I think they're pretty small kingdoms. Yeah. She's really pulled it off. She did. Old Liz. <laughs> Old Liz. Yeah. It makes her a little bit more humanized too, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the idea of the show. I guess so. Um, I, I, look, did, I, I don't know if they made it with the distinct intent of like, people should like the queen. <laughs> <laughs> she well, went through a lot of shit. Well, maybe. maybe I, I don't yeah. know how much shit she did go through, except for that she's seen so much of history. Right. And she's overseen so much of history. Yeah. Um, but... I don't really think of her as a person. And I'll, and I'll give you an example. When I saw the actress, this is kind of a funny line I had while I was watching the show. Um, I saw the actress who played her and I thought, she kind of looks like the queen, but she looks familiar to me anyway. And I said to Becky, but maybe I just recognize her from the money. The quarter. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, and then you look up, and I looked up pictures of, I wanted to look up pictures of Queen Elizabeth when she was that age, when she was 25, 26. Mm-hmm. And, and I did that too. Yeah. That's well, funny. And I was thinking, maybe I'll see some pictures where she really looks like this actress. And then I just saw pictures of her on the money. <laughs> that was basically it. I was like, oh yeah, this some, is what she looked like then, not there, now. There were some where I thought, uh, she looks like she might be. But I think they honestly chose a little bit more of an attractive actress. Some, yeah. Some, some where she was like homelier than others. Yeah. Um, but, uh. Poor Liz. Uh, poor old Lizzie pant- pants. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I think 
she was very qualified. I'm so nervous about saying something <laughs> politically incorrect on yeah. this podcast for some reason. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's just England. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all, just England. It's all the way over there. Yeah, you're right. It's fine. <sighs> there's an ocean between us. Well, that and there's like, there's so much else going on in, in ruling the world <laughs> tonight. That's true. Uh, if I didn't mention it, this is the night of the election. Yeah. I wonder where we the are on that. thought police are probably going to exist soon enough. Trump it, gets it. It's funny. I I want to I want to not talk about the election too much because this will all be old news by the time this podcast goes up in twenty four hours. But uh, I I saw a thing on Twitter before he came over about how he had made a tweet. Apparently they've given him his Twitter privileges back because they took them for the last two days, <laughs> right. which is so fucking funny and ridiculous. Um, he made a tweet about how rumor is that uh, there are problems with the with the polling systems all across the country, and. CNN had to break in and go, no, not the country, the county. <laughs> it's just an R, but it's an important R. <laughs> That's and, and so that kind of speaks to, oh, look, he's already making excuses. Yeah. He's already trying to say this thing is rigged. And I think that borders on unconstitutional because the tradition is if you lose, you graciously lose and you See. respect the decision of the country. Someone told me that one of Hillary's biggest... Uh, donors is the person that owns the polling company. That seems like a conflict of interest. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> I said, and and that's one of the things people say where they just say, "Oh, Hillary's so crooked." Like, you know, like that didn't happen as much with Obama. I don't know. Like, I Obama just... and McCain was relatively civil. Well, people McCain, were kind of thinking, McCain is a good dude. I think people were kind of thinking, eh, "We're in good shape either way." Yeah. I don't think. If McCain got in, especially now, I think if he went back, people would be happy either way. Well, it's easy to say that now, considering these are the two most unpopular candidates in American yeah. history. Uh, and part of that is due to the internet, you know? Yeah, uh, somebody said this on Reddit true. the other day. It's it, These are not the worst. They're just most obviously bad. I mean, Ken Bone got famous for a day, yep. and people found the worst stuff on him within 48 hours. Yeah, and like so, he looked at neg- naked pictures of Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Although he also said some stuff. He about commented Tra- on. It, I he think also, was the weird. He, he also said some stuff about Trayvon Martin, which he probably shouldn't have said. Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't excuse yeah. Ken Bone. I don't know the full story there. I, I the bone yeah. Thug. The the yeah. The original bone, bone Thug. Bone and Harmony. So what I just else? don't have a head full of stuff today. No, no. I feel a little bit more awake than last week. Isn't that funny? And I think I've avoided saying like as much as possible. Maybe because normally when we do the podcast, we tape at like eight thirty in the evening. I leave mm-hmm. work around around seven o'clock, so like yeah, my creative still juices kind of on. are still flowing. Yeah. And right now, I've just kind of been lazing around for hours. And yeah. Well, okay. So this is the point that I'm usually at. I think if we we recorded at about. 11 o'clock in the morning that is when i would be at my peak yeah you're always really good at the meetings at 11 o'clock oh thanks you're, you're always really on then yeah that's <laughs> and then then i get here at 8 30 at night and that is when you peak yeah wow that's interesting that you noticed that yeah that's no I, I pay attention to you buddy all right <laughs> thanks, man. well i often wondered that if i was actually more on or if i just felt better i don't know <laughs> you feel on but you don't want to you don't want to be sure of yourself yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, no, I, overconfident. No, no, that's 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 the undoing. Mm. Usually, yeah. What else do I have here? Um, not a whole lot. You know, I wanted to I wanted to mention both the Queen with Helen Mirren and the King's Speech. Um, that's that's yeah, that's about it. I thought it was I thought it was really good. Are any of the actors from something else besides you knew that King George was in Mad, Mad Men. Men? Yeah, well, and and there's Matt Smith who was the Doctor in Doctor Who. When it, that's what he was from. He co- yeah, he's an odd-looking fella, isn't he? He's a, he kind of reminds me of uh, Crispin Glover. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he was kind of in the Doctor Who season that revived the series a little bit. I think so. Because like it, it's often said by fans of that series, if you want to take on the series, don't go back to 1962 or whatever. Right. Just go back to like 2002. Yeah, and I, I or whenever it was, those are just made up numbers. But I'm pretty sure he's the guy you're supposed to start with these days. Interesting. Uh, and he's one of the younger doctors they've ever had. Yeah. Who do they uh, have now? They've got uh, Peter Capaldi, who's much older. Right. And he's there. It was a little controversial casting him because he's he had apparently 
been in Doctor Who before as another uh, character. Weird. So people find that troubling. People forget that actors are supposed to embody different people. <laughs> other people. They're not the person. They're the character. Yeah. I just maybe we maybe did, we pull the plug. I don't I know. That's that. all I got. How how much time have we gotten through? Oh, we're pretty we're in pretty good shape. We got fifty four minutes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think between Fresh Prince and The Crown. So let me ask you this then: where where do we stand on trusting Will Smith? Not not considering that his dad died today, because it will not always uh, really? be that. That's what I'm thinking about. It will not always be that. It's not fair no, to the history right. of this podcast. You're right. I and namely considering the I mean I guess, I guess it's not for us to judge that you can't have open marriages that's fine yeah yeah especially where Jada seems like she's in on it yeah she seems like it was kind of she she gave the go ahead the green light in public still Sweet. there's just something about uh, that that whole Will Smith clan I think I trust Will Smith I I don't trust the family uh, of Will Smith no no. <laughs> I don't trust his offspring. No, they're bizarre. I actually no, because of his bizarre offspring, I'm not sure that I trust Will anymore. Never trust Will Smith. No, you can't trust Will Smith. You can't trust him. Never trust Will Smith. And uh, yeah, do we decide that we're just gonna do that as the sign off from now on? Or are we gonna go back to never go outside? Right, we had to pick one. We can keep both. Never go outside, never trust Will Smith. Yeah. Or let's keep mulling it over episode by episode right. until something sticks. I don't feel like we grew a lot this week. No. But that's fine, because you're going to have those. The election's happening. It's, I'm very distracted Work's today. Work's been stressful. Work's been stressful. The, elect, the the country that isn't ours, but is still an important country. Oh, Canada's underpants. Is in upheaval. Yep. It's a mess. More, more, uh, more talk this week about people moving to Canada. As if it's just easy to move to Canada. And people in Canada saying they're going to move to just somewhere like New Zealand. Well, and there's people in, like, Africa and Norway that are saying they're going to move to Canada if Trump wins. <laughs> <laughs> like, that won't help. Yeah. <laughs> You're far enough away. Yeah. Uh, All right, I'm done. Never trust Donald Trump. <laughs>